0: It's kind of funny, I'm, I'm preaching a series, and a lot of you go, well, what's the series? Because you haven't been here in a while. It's called Autumn, and, and so I want to re, reestablish the series this morning, so uh, I want you to read along with me as we put the words up there to what this, this uh, Autumn series is all about, okay? Ready? Okay. Say this with me. This is a season to cultivate, transform, transform multiply and empower believers to advance the kingdom of God. Okay, let's do it one more time. This is the season to cultivate. Say cultivate. To transform Transform. and multiply, Multiply. empower Empower. you and me me. to advance the kingdom of God. God. So next week it'll be on Empower as we have Family Sunday, so it's going to be good. Uh, But today we're talking about multiply. So I send my, I send, uh, I work on my sermon, and I get all my notes, and so then I email them, or I put them on Planning Center, that's a little program that we use to get all the words on the screen. So I send them to Richard, and so I get this, I get this text from Richard, it's the first time I've ever had this before, he said, uh, you're preaching on Multiply, right? But everything you're talking about is unity. <laughs> He's like checking and thinking, has Pastor lost it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, no, that's, that's true. It's, the word is multiply, but we're talking about unity. Because as I've been walking to work, a lot of people like, you walk to work? Yeah, it's not just about, an, it's just about a mile and a half from my house. So I walk to work when the weather's pretty nice. And, and I've been making, a, a, that's a good habit to get into. So I've been walking to work. And I get this, 30, it's about 25-minute walk. And I get, you know, just spend this alone time with God, seeing nature, and, and I, like, I sing a lot when I'm walking. I'm sure Pete, the neighbors probably think, this that guy's a little bit woo-hoo, you know? Or maybe he's got earbuds in, and he's singing along with the song. I don't know. That, that's the thing about today with, with earbuds and all. Somebody, you can pull up next to him in the car, and they can be talking away, and there's nobody in the car. But, you know, they're probably talking to somebody or not, <laughs> all right? So I, I, I walk, and these thoughts come to my head, and I'm thinking, I'm going to write this down. Sometimes I, this is the weirdest thing, because I know I won't remember the song, so I video myself, because I don't know how to do the recorder thing while I'm walking. So it's just easier to hit video, and I'm just walking along singing, you know, so I won't forget the song. And, uh, but this word came to me earlier this week. I guess it was Tuesday. I don't walk on Monday, because I take Monday off. And so Tuesday, I'm, I'm walking, and I hear this word, <clears throat> you can't multiply if you're divided. So I thought, oh, that sounds good. That'll preach. You can't multiply if you're divided. So that was the word he gave me, and I thought, well, okay, it's, it's going to be more. Did you hear that door? <laughs> it's more about, it, you can't really multiply and advance the kingdom of God if you're walking in division, <clears throat> right? <laughs> so we're talking about multiplying, and and so I've got this word, I'm going to, Speak this word because God says, I want you to be, preach on being in one accord, being in one mind, one spirit, be unity. And then I'm, and I'm walking again Friday, bless you. And so Friday, I'm, I'm walking and I get another word. I've started, it's another song. I'm thinking, this is a really cool song. And, and, and it came about, I'm going to tell you how it came about. We just got back traveling, went to Boston. So if you travel to Boston, we went from San Angelo. We flew to Dallas, from Dallas to the Boston, Logan International Airport. And so we're in airports three times going and three times coming back. And then in the airports, uh, there's always there's this constant little message that goes on every, every so many minutes. And y'all know what it is. If you see a bag left unattended or a suitcase or a backpack left unattended, what are you supposed to do? You see something, you yeah. say something. It's very important. That if you see something, say something. And so I'm I'm thinking about that because I know this is God because I'm not thinking about luggage and I'm not thinking about about a backpack in an airport. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this in my head and God says, No, it's not about... It's it's if you see something, then you need to pray something before you say something because you can't do nothing. So I had this little thing. You got to see something. You got to pray something. Because you got can't say nothing, you know. Say so you got so there's little tunes going on in my head, and God said, "No, that's not about a song, Harold. It's about a message." So I'm walking, I'm going to, I'm, I'm coming up the river trail, and here comes Pam and Mary Lou, and they they drive up here, and then they walk the other way. I don't know why, but they I stop them. I said, "Man, I got this word. The Lord you showing me." Then, well, that's good, you know how Pam, and uh, so, so. This this is, this is what God just put in my heart. Because so many times we see something and we say nothing. We don't do anything. We don't even pray. We just do nothing. And God says there's a time for you to speak when you see something. See, I'm not talking about in the natural. You can see something in the natural. That's, that's, very, that's very, you can see something in the natural and you can go, wow, I need to pray, then I need to speak and I, because I've got to do something here in this natural, in this situation, this, this circumstance, this tribulation somebody's going through. But so many times people are going through things and they cover it up really good. They put the mask on, they put the makeup on, they, 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 they put the smile on. You know what I'm saying? And so you, you don't necessarily see anything wrong in their life, but the Holy Spirit says they need prayer and they need you to speak some life into them. They need you to go to them, quit being afraid. Because so many times in the church we just get afraid because we've had somebody come and share something with us that we didn't necessarily like. And we got our little dopper, you know, we got our little what all messed up because they offended me. And, you know, I just have to address this this morning. Churches are half empty. Look around you because somebody said, oh, they hurt my feelings or they offended me. And we don't have the guts. We don't have the Holy Ghost guts to go and say, listen, let's resolve this. God's put this. He's putting put you on my heart, and so I need to. I'm prayed about it. See, so you got to pray something first before you say something. Sometimes you'll pray something, and God will say, "Don't say nothing. Just keep praying something." Push. You know, there's an acronym for the pray until something happens. Push. You know, we've got to... there. There are there's a time for us to speak up, church. The gospel is was spoken. I know people say, "Well, if if." If you have to say words, you know, they, your, your life preaches. I get that. But listen, nobody ever got saved because nobody said nothing. You had to tell them about Jesus Christ. You had to preach the word. It says faith comes by what? Hearing, not by seeing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and I just know, I just know, there are people in this audience, people on live stream, that, that you know, there are people that used to be sitting right beside you, and they're not here anymore, and you don't even know why. How many of you know there are people that are not here today, and you don't know why they're not here? Come on, raise your hands. How many of you have friends that used to be friends that are not friends anymore, and you don't know why? Come on, be honest. But see, we've got to have, if we're, if we're true, uh, you know, a true friendship, you be, ought to be able to say something to somebody. I, you know, people come to me, have you heard so-and-so? They're, they're very upset with you, pastor. You know what? I just can't deal with that. I can't do anything with that unless they come tell me that they're upset with me. Uh, you know, people leave the church. I, I, man, this, this has been going on in my head, guys, and I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm just kind of... Uh, <sighs> A little bit frustrated sometimes, sometimes and I know we shouldn't preach out of frustration, but it's like this morning, said, Oh, you okay? And I had this this thing going on my head, a survey. I was gonna mail out to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, Ethel. <laughs> if you've left a church, Give me a good reason, you know. You know and I'm, I was going to give them like multiple choice. You check them all. <laughs> service is too long. The music too loud. I don't like the preacher. He tells the terrible jokes. Uh, the parking is really horrendous there. And, you know, or they talk about this. I don't like that truth. I really don't want to hear that. And, and or, or, you know, I wish they would do an old hymn once in a while. Something like that. You just go down the list. And you just check all you want to. And then mail it back to us. So we can fix everything for you. <laughs> we'll shorten the service for you. Yeah, right. You know, and if, while you're here, remember that video we used to show, Kristen, about why, why we don't go to church? And here We'll make it better for you. While you're here, we'll get your oil changed for you. And if you didn't get tickets to that great football game you want to go to, we'll get those tickets for you. Just come to church and we'll, we'll give everything. Hey, listen, if you're the ones that come in at 10.15, we'll wait and start the service at 10.15. Because, you know what, here's the thing. We all think the world revolves around us. Look at your neighbor and say, the world does not revolve around you. And you better be glad. Should have called this instead of multiply, just vent. <laughs> well, the name of the sermon, vent. Did y'all ever see the video that went viral about the pastor? And then the pulpit just lost it. Yes. Oh, wasn't that horrible? I felt so sorry for him. I said, like, "Man, you ride right on, brother." <laughs> he was calling out people in the church that day, man. He, was, he he yelled at somebody in the sound booth. Just get out of the sound booth. <laughs> you're no good back there. Get up, go. He was just like lost it, man. He was just lost it. But I love the people in the sound booth. <laughs> Lisa, you do great with those words. I had to leave early, go back home, and iron my shirt. My wife said my shirt was wrinkled, so I had to go iron my shirt. Did good, good job. You, good job? Yes. you know when it, you know when they hang on the hangers too long, you're you're like wings up here. Phew you gotta go and iron that shirt and I said well okay so I went home to iron the shirt came back and I thought you know did we check that did we check my mic did we check the video and Richard's yes sir yes sir I said okay they, they have it covered so we have we have a great sound booth team yeah. amen yeah. y'all will all be seniors someday <laughs> you'll have your senior moment someday Let me get serious, though, for a sec. We got on a plane in Boston to fly back to San Angelo. I just want you to play this scenario out in your mind. What if we had seen that backpack, and the Holy Spirit said, you need to go to report that. Somebody else will do that. Just leave the security to do that. Suppose then we got on that plane, and we flew to Dallas, and then we got home to San Angelo, and we turned on the, the news and. That says there was an airport, Boston Airport, there was a bomb that exploded, killed 10 people, many people injured. And you go, I wonder what time that was. It was about 30 minutes after you left on your flight. You see, if we're not willing to say something, pray something and say something and do something, it could be life and death. That little bag in the airport. I've rep- have anybody else reported a bag that was just sitting there? I have. Mary Lou and I came into the Dallas airport one year, one, one year and there was, a, there was a backpack and it was sitting outside like in that little area where the ramp goes down, nothing around it, nothing around it. And I just looked at it and I thought, I better watch a little bit, see if anybody's going to come get that. But nobody came. So we just went and got security. I didn't know what happened. It probably wasn't a bomb. But I didn't know that. See, if, if, if we're not, here's the problem. We don't, we don't say something because we don't want to risk something we don't want to risk something um, how many of you have heard that that saying no man left behind anybody no man left behind where, where do you normally hear that from military, military. no man left behind and so i thought well no man left behind uh where did that come from in i googled it okay if you don't know what you what you don't know google it because mr google he's pretty smart And it said, despite being widely known and repeated in the U.S. Army, leaving no man behind. That's a term, leave no man behind, or woman. It is not represented in any official military doctrine or publication. It's just not there. It's kind of like we make up scriptures that aren't there. It's not there, but here's what it went on to say. It is a culture of the armed services which carries significant risks. If somebody's left behind, you would could possibly lose your life going back to help that person. And you might jeopardize a whole group of people because you went back and you said, I'm not leaving my buddy back there. Even though he's blown in two, we're gonna get him back home. And yet, as Christians, we leave people behind all the time. We leave them behind. And we, we know that had they're not connected anywhere, they're just, they're just, they're just lost, they've, they've gone astray, and we, we're, not, we're not willing to take the risk because we fear the fear of rejection, the fear that they're going to think that you're judging. There's all these kind of risks that you take when you go after somebody. But listen, if the Holy Spirit tells you, you really need to be faithful to do that. Take the risk. Text them. Hey, I miss you. Is, it, is everything okay? And, if, and again, if you're watching this on live stream and, and you've just separated yourself from the body, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you about Jesus. My Matthew 18 11 says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Jesus said, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? He uses the word astray. Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. See, we've got sheep that have gone astray here. They're not in some other fold, they're in some other shepherd didn't pick them up. <laughs> they're just str- they're strays. And they need a word not just from the pastor. Because sometimes the pastor, you know, it is danged if you do and danged if you don't. I'm just going to be nice and say danged. But it needs to come from a friend. What's going on? Miss you. Been disconnected from the body. What happens when a sheep gets separated from the body, from the flock? Big, bad wolf comes along. And that big, bad wolf can take many, many different shapes and forms. And God just might say, you see that? You need to pray about that. You need to say something to them. And I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about a put-down. I'm talking about encouragement. I'm talking about saying, I love you. We love you. I got, a, I got a message this morning from a lady. I don't know her. It's just a message to the church. She said, I'm so tired of this rainbow world that I've been living in. I'm just lost. I need help. I need, I need help. I feel dead. I, I want to worship God, but I can't worship God. So we text her. Mary Lou and I were just talking. How to, what to respond. we respond? I said, well, here's the first thing you need to know, young ladies: that God loves you. And he has a great plan for your life. He has purpose in you for your life. And then she responded. She said, thank you for responding. She just wanted to hear somebody respond. We could have just said, you know, who is that? I don't know that. I'm not gonna, we don't need to mess with her. She's probably got more problems than we can handle. Listen, nobody's got more problems than God can handle. He can, he can, handle. He can handle all of your problems. The heart of Jesus is to go after the one. But that should be our heart too. That should be our heart too. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, this isn't the sermon, by the way. So, just in case, you, this is the preempting part. <laughs> this is the pre-chorus for the singers. We're going to sing the chorus again about ten times in a minute. So, therefore, Paul says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ." He is a new creation. Say new creation. creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Woo! Isn't that good? Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Who's he talking to here? You. Us. The church. He's given everybody a ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. We'll talk about that in a second. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them isn't that a praise God he didn't put our sins he took our sins from us and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation we should be thrilled that we have a ministry oh but i want this ministry i want that ministry listen if you can't be if you can't take on the ministry of reconciliation he's probably not going to give you another ministry because that one's for everybody Oh, I want a ministry. Okay, he's giving you one. It's called the Ministry of Reconciliation. If you need a name tag, we'll give you one. It's a ministry of reconciliation, bringing people together, bringing people to God. It's a, it's a restoration. It's about Repentance. That's what the ministry of reconciliation is. We should be excited that God has said, I want, you to be, I want you to be in the midst of that ministry. I want you to start being a minister of reconciliation. Bring people to me. Bring people back together that have been separated by offense. Bring them back. He says, We are now new creations. I like the word now. We are now. Say now. We are new creations. But listen, this is the second part. Sometimes you you focus on the one, now we are new creations. But listen to the, the second thing he says here. Now, say now, all things are of God. Think about that. Before Christ, everything was about you. You were the little God in your life or whatever it was that you worshipped or whoever it was that you worshipped. But once you come to Christ and you're a new creation, he said, now all things are of God. See, our lives should be about God. We make our lives about everything but God sometimes. And he said, no, now all things are of God. Paul's telling the church, now everything you focus on, it's got to start with God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. If you seek him, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart. It's about the seeking. We've been singing about seeking. It's about the seeking God and putting him first. And then he'll show you, here's here's that person. You see that person? I want you to pray about that person. Pray for that person. And now it's time for you to say something to that person. Because they've been separated from the body of Christ. Take the risk. What are you going to... Listen, if they get mad at you and leave, guess what? They've already left. But they just might say, thank you for caring. I didn't know anybody cared. I didn't know anybody missed me. How many of you know somebody that that has been baptized in the last year that you personally know that is not here anymore? Raise your hands. Oh, look around you. Look around you. You know those people. You saw them get baptized. You need to pray something. And you may need to say something. You may need need to encourage somebody. You may need to be that person that's bringing reconciliation in their life. That one, that one sheep has gone astray. And what, here's what the cool thing is. Jesus said, when, when that one sheep, Lorenzo, us brought back, guess what? Yes. Rejoice. That one sheep comes back to the foe. Yes, they're back. I've missed you so much. That's it. that's God's heart, and that should be our heart. So that's Sermon 1. Here's Sermon 2. <laughs> Amen. Psalm one thirty three one. This has been the scripture. My wife and I, we... You know, so cool when, you, when, you, when you're in sync in your marriage. And I know a lot of marriages always end in sync, but it's really cool when you are in sync and you're thinking the same things. And she said, you know, just this, this verse dropped in her spirit a few days ago. And it's, it's Psalm 133.1. It's from David. He says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Even God said through David, he said, Isn't it good that we can dwell together in unity? Look at your neighbor and say, It's good to be here. It's good to be here. So, we're, about, we're going to talk about unity this morning because if we really get to the place of we're one, like God wants us to be, there will be multiplication. It will just happen. You won't even have to think about it. It'll just happen organically, it'll happen supernaturally. Amen? Amen. So, turn to Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at uh, five passages short. In short to the point, okay, are the, are the Cowboys playing today? Yes. Are they been relegated to a noontime game? Yes. yes, because they got beat. See, that's what happens when you get beat. You don't get the 3 o'clock, the Sunday night, or the Monday night. You get the noon game. And I, I, would, I would, I'm not a bet man, but I would bet you a lot of churches are low in attendance today because they have a noon game. They don't have not figured out their DVR yet. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Ain't. Well, we're just going to have to stay home and watch it because I can't miss that kickoff. <laughs> Houston Texans I always play at noon. You know, they're so bad. See, Here's the thing. Pe- preachers know how to wake men up in church. Just say, Cowboys, huh, what, huh, yeah, yeah, mm- ooh. what, the? yeah. Texans, oh, yeah. Astros, woo! No baseball fans in here, but me and Mark and Kellen, and some more. Astros three and zero. Oh, come on, baby. See, I'm just trying to get your attention. Okay, here we go. Acts one, verse fourteen. Remember, Jesus after he uh, ascend, after before he ascended, he told the disciples to do what? Go and wait. In Jerusalem, and there was about 120 disciples, followers of Christ, that gathered in the upper room. Okay? You with me? Yes. These all continued, verse 14. These, they were meeting, they were there for 10 days. These all continued with one accord in prayer. Say, in prayer. And supplication with women and Mary, the mother of of Jesus, and with his brothers. The first thing is this morning, if we're going to see multiplication take place, we've got to be unified in prayer. We've got to be praying the same things. We've got to be focused on the same things. We've got to be declaring the same things. We've got to be speaking the same things. We can't speak death. We can't speak curses. We've got to speak life, 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 life. We got to be encouragers. We got to lift up, not tear down. We got to edify. We got to build up. And that's if our prayers are, God send me. That's a good prayer. If our prayers are line up with the Word of God, those are good prayers. And we've got to be in one accord when we pray. And Jesus says, I want you to go. I want you to be in one accord, and I want you to pray. You don't know. Listen, the power is coming. He said, you don't know how. You don't know when. I just want you to get together and pray. We have a Tuesday morning, we have a Tuesday noon prayer time. I don't even know if we'll do it next year because it's dwindled to about 10, 15 people. But we have it every Tuesday at noon. We, we meet and we pray and everybody's in one accord as we meet and God moves in our prayer time. He moves on the hearts of the people that pray in faith. So the first thing is we have unity in prayer. Look at Acts 2 chapter 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. one accord. Say one accord. In one place. The second thing is that we need to be unified. We need to be in one place. He's talking about, listen, he didn't say, now, here's the deal, guys. I know there's about 120 of you left. I know there was about 550 at one time. It's down to 120 or so. And I really want you to go and do home groups and wait for the power. Did he say that? What did he say? I want you to go to Jerusalem, one place. I want you to pray, and I want you to wait. Hebrews says, and this is, I know everybody says, one of the the pastor's favorite scriptures is Hebrews 10, I think it's 25. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together with God's people, okay? There's a reason God wants us to come together. He wants us to come together. He wants us to encourage one another. He wants us to speak in it. Listen, he wants the Jerry Tubbs testimonies to come forth. He wants to hear the Bill and the Lisa Hales come up here and share what's going on in their life. And he, there's things that are released up here. There's things that are released out there when we come together and we encourage one another in Jesus' name. Some of you had words of knowledge. will speaks to somebody this morning that needed a word from you, that needed a word from God. So he said, come together. They were united in one place in one accord. You know, I think a lot of people don't like to come together in one accord. You know why I think they don't? Because they don't want to be accountable to anybody. They just don't want to be accountable to the pastor or their friends or any elders. They don't want to be accountable to anybody. That's why they don't don't want to get plugged in. Because if I'm plugged in somewhere, then they'll expect me to do something. And guess what? God will let you do that. But that's not as hard for you. It's not his heart for you. He's, his heart for you to get plugged in. Can you imagine that 120 when that Holy Spirit came? Like, whoo! I'm so glad I didn't leave. You know, I, I had a text. I should have left. You know, somebody had an emergency and they stayed. I don't think they texted back then. Somebody scrolled me. Here's a Gotta go. Toilet stopped up. Scrolled you. <laughs> I don't know where that stuff comes from. It just does. Okay. Unity in prayer, unity in place or position. Now look at Acts two, forty six. Told you it's gonna be fast. I'm already on point three of five points. So happy. Verse forty six, chapter two. So continuing daily with one accord, say with one accord. In the temple, okay, they're in one place, breaking bread from house to house, they ate the food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church. That sounds a lot of multiplication to me. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved daily. It wasn't like Sunday after Sunday they were getting saved. matter of fact, by the way, we are having a baptism today. Woo-hoo! So the Lord's adding... To, to the church daily. and That means people are out telling about people about Jesus every day. And I know it's a great witnessing tool. Some of you are like, you know, I just don't want to talk about Jesus. I'm a little bit scared. So I'm just going to invite them to church. Well, do that, you know. That's okay. Bring them to church so they can hear the word of God. But it's also good if you share your testimony with somebody. Like Jake and Jane. Share their testimony. You got to see what God's done for me. Hey, would y'all want to come over to my house and say, wow, your house looks nice. Well, let me tell you about what Jesus did for me. Hey, Jacob, how's how's the workload coming? I I know you've been struggling trying to get jobs. Oh, no, I haven't been struggling. They're calling. My phone's ringing off the hook with jobs because God is good. So you have an opportunity to say, well, I'm such a good good, uh, uh, construction worker. I'm a good contractor. I'm a good workman at my trade, which he is. But you can also say, but listen, God's opened up opportunities for me like never before. See, so you have an opportunity. It's not. It didn't have to be some grandiose testimony. It's just what God's doing for you in your everyday life. I love what Bill and Lisa shared, how, how God showed them that. About the tree, about the, about the name carved in the tree. And what God's reminding them of his goodness, even when it didn't look so good sometimes. And it doesn't look good all the time, does it? But God is good in the midst of the, the things that don't look good in our lives. If we just have to, we have to look for it, church. So we got unity in prayer, unity in place, and then we have unity in passion, purpose, and priority. I want to read our passion, purpose, and priority because all of them kind of take place in, in the last two verses that I, uh, I just read. So our passion is to see people saved restored, set free, healed, equipped, and empowered for the work of ministry for God and his kingdom. That was was our our mission statement from the get-go. And it has not changed yet. It hasn't changed. It won't change because that's the heart of Jesus. I've heard people say, well, 2022 came, and do we have a new, do we have something else, something else we're going to do? I said, no, we're going to do exactly what he said to do in 2001. We want to see people saved, restored, set free, healed, equipped, and empowered for the work of ministry for God and His kingdom. That, that's our passion. See, if that's not your passion, you probably don't fit here. I'm just, sorry, I, I, I'm just saying, if, if, if what we're saying here in, in these three statements, if that is, doesn't concern you one bit if people are going to hell, if, that, if it doesn't bother you that people are in bondage, you know, if it doesn't bother you, man, you probably don't want to be here. Because we don't want people to go to hell. We don't want people to stay in their addiction. We want people to be saved and set free and healed and delivered. Amen? See something, pray something, say something, don't do nothing. The second thing is our purpose is to let our light shine so brightly before others that it brings glory to God. I'm amazed at the, the Halloween Decorations in people's yards. It points nobody to Jesus. Huh. Is that too loud? <laughs> Take that thousand dollars you just spent on all those blow up monsters and go give it to somebody in need. My goodness. If you're going to carve a pumpkin, at least make a pumpkin pie and go feed somebody. And I I know you may be offended. You may spend $1,000 on decorations. I used to really like Halloween. I used to participate with Halloween. I don't know why I even got on this subject, but I guess because it says we're supposed to be light. I remember that year we we decided, you know, that Halloween is not of God, and and we're not going to promote the enemy. We're not going to promote scary stuff and all that, and we don't. It's not displayed anywhere. So... We decided we were going to do something for We want to get the word out somehow that Jesus loves you. So we have this sign that says, Jesus is the light of the world. We always put it up every Christmas. It's since the sun has damaged it, it's not, it's, done, it's, it's bad shape. Mary are said let's get this sign out and put it out there in the yard for Halloween. Yeah. So when they come by to get candy from us, they're going to say, Jesus is the light of the world. What does that got to do with Halloween, you know? <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. What's that got to do with hell? Well, Jesus is the light of the world. And Halloween's about the darkness. We dressed up like Elvis and Priscilla. Hello, <laughs> oh, good. What are you? you know, got some candy for you? Yeah, here you go. Yeah, so. We sang a song. We can get goofy, too. But we let them know. We give them a tract. Here's G- Jesus. Oh, I'd rather have a Snickers. Well, you can have a Snickers and a tract. Do something different. Do something different. Okay. Our priority is to love God and to love people so that each person can experience an intimate relationship with the God of grace. It's our passion, our purpose, and our priority. Those three things. If you agree with those, then man, you're at the right place. If one of those things jumps out at you, eh, I don't think I want to be the light. Hmm. Okay, don't get that, but hey, if you don't want to love people, you know, Pastor, you can't love everybody. You don't know my uncle. <laughs> you can't love, he's just unlovely, you know? Well, God loved him enough and Jesus died for him, so you really don't have an option in that. I know you do, but Jesus said to love everybody, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. I think, I'm telling you, love goes a long way. So, in that passage I just read, they were in one accord. They were sh- breaking bread, which was sharing communion. They were praising God together, and the results were they multiplied. I think we're doing that, aren't we? We're breaking bread together every Sunday. We're praising God every Sunday. We're lifting up the name of Jesus every Sunday, but we're not multiplying. Problem. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Look around you. Look around. How many empty seats are around you? you know, it's not about filling up this church with filling up the seats. It's about multiplication in the kingdom of God. And I know a lot of people have gone here and they've gone to other cities and they're doing great works for Jesus. And man, I love that because we're equipping people and sending them out. But we're, we're also having people come and they're not going out, they're not going anywhere, they're not doing anything, and I guess that God just put that on my heart again, to remind us all to pray for somebody, encourage somebody this week. Acts 4, verse 23, I'm going to read through the whole passage here, so don't think it's, I'm going to preach that whole thing, I'm not, You have got one point to make out of this whole passage, but you can't just kind of cut little pieces out. Verse 23, and being let go, okay, I got to set that up just real quickly. This is after Peter and John had gone to the beautiful tent, the gate, beautiful. They had prayed for the man. He had, they raised him up from, from uh, he was crippled from birth. Remember, he got up and he shouted and all this, and they got in lots of trouble for that because they were doing something good. They got in trouble for it. Hey, guess what? That can happen. And they got in trouble for it, and they were arrested, and, and they were like told, man, you guys shut up talking about Jesus. And then, of course, they said, well, you know, y'all killed him. And they didn't like that either. And, and so they just said, quit talking about Jesus. We're going to let you go, but you've got to quit talking about Jesus. And they said, well, we can't help but speak of the things that we've seen and heard, you know. We've got to obey God rather than obey man. So they let them go. They said, I'll just sin on. Get rid of him. So they went back to their group. And being let go, they went to their own companions. They went to the church. Say the church. And reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voices. That's the church. They raised their voice to God with one accord. Say, one accord and they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David has said why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for truly against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. In other words, he said, this, is prophet- this has been prophet- Prophesied it's going to take place. Jesus knew that he had to go to the cross, right? And now, Lord, now, then they kind of shift gears here. Now, Lord, look on their threats. He's talking now about the, fair, the, the people that had arrested uh, Peter and John. He said, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, <laughs> oh, I love this, that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, say to heal, yes. and that signs and wonders say signs and wonders. Simon's wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Woo! And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, they got filled again? Yeah, they got filled again. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Listen, when we have unity like that, power will show up. When we are so in one voice, when we are so focused, and we are so we were so wanting to do the will of God and we're so wanting to share our our, our the, the the salvation message with a community. When we come to this place, this place, there just might be a little earthquake. Cuz that's what it was. It said the place where they were, the walls were like, oh, my goodness. The walls began to talk. The walls begin to shake. Man, they've got it going on here in this building. And they were, the walls shook. Can you imagine if we just got through praying and we heard the, Ooh. Looking forward to it. Unity brings power. It's all coming together here, guys. They're in one one accord when they're praying. They're in one accord in in one place. They were agreeing on the same thing. They had purpose. And God responded with power. He responded with an exclamation point over their prayers. Anybody in here do the exclamation points on your text messages? Anybody over exclamation point people? In capital letters. Well, that's what happened that day. God put an exclamation point on their prayer. Matthew 18, 19 says this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Do we still believe that? Well, Pastor, I've been in agreement with somebody and nothing happened. See, sometimes I think we, we get so focused on what doesn't happen that we, we don't really focus on what God can do or what he's done, in the, what he's done for us in the past. We just, we just focus on the last time that we didn't get our answered prayer. And God said, well, I answered it. It just wasn't the way you wanted it. There's power in agreement. Mark 3.25, Jesus said this, and if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Anybody ever been a part of a family that it was divided? Mom and dad, divorced. Brothers and sisters that don't speak anymore. And what kind of a family is it? It's just... Yeah, that's a good word for it, dysfunctional. I love dysfunctional church families today. Factions against faction. Denomination against denomination. Jealousy, envy, strife, division. And we wonder why the world didn't just run into the beat down the doors of the church because we have the answers. We have the answer. Agreement is vital if we are going to multiply. Now, the last one. Acts 4.32. Now the multitude, or again, that sounds like multiplication. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. The last thing I want to share with you is unity produces equality. Unity produces equality. Let me explain that. On the day of Pentecost, where did people come from that day? All over the world. Jews from all over the world. Guess what? All the Jews didn't speak the same language. They all came with different dialects, and that's why on the day of Pentecost, they heard, their, they heard the message in their own language, okay? They didn't come together. Not everybody there had the same amount of money in the bank. Did you know that? Some of them were poor that they made, they made the trip to Jerusalem, and they, were, they barely had enough money to get to Jerusalem, but they were going to get there for the Feast of Pentecost, and yet there were other Jews there that had money. And so the day that 3,000 got saved and then another 2,000, and it was up to 5,000 people and they didn't want to leave the presence of God. They didn't want to go back home. And so they were staying together and people were looking around saying, well, how are we going to eat? And somebody said, well, I've got, I've got some money. Here, let me, let me help you out. And it's, this isn't socialism. This isn't communism. This is the beginning of the church. This is the birth of the church where they took care of one another. Where they fed one another, where they clothed one another, where they put a roof over somebody's head. Oh, well, that's that. No, no, this is what they did because there was equality among them because they looked at each other. He's my brother. She's my sister. Really? If they don't look at a thing like you, he's my brother. She's my sister. I don't care what color they are. God doesn't care what color they are. And we look at people and we oh, like, you know what? We've got too many Latinos here now. We, too many Hispanics. Y'all let black people come to your church? Uh, we, we need upper, white, middle class Anglo people if we're going to multiply. Is't that just stupid thinking? Ah, I use that word stupid. I'm so sorry. Stinking, thinking. Because God says we're all one. Red and yellow, black and white, and red and yellow and brown and brown. Why didn't they have brown and see, That's the wrong song. Red and yellow, black and brown and white. They are precious in the sight. Red and you, Red, brown. Was brown in the song? There's no brown in the song. I just put brown in the song. Rich and poor. And everything in between. That's who we are. We're everything in between and that. And God said, that's my church. That's who... I want you to love, love one another, protect one another, feed one another, share with one another, trust one another, reach out to one another. Help that child. (laughs) Ephesians 4 four says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you are called, and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Jesus was big on that word one. He was. Anyone know what an armchair quarterback is? I'm going to close with this. Anybody know what, a, what an armchair quarterback is? Even the women know. And the backseat driver, yeah. No, actually, that's not the same thing. Not the same thing. I'll, I'll explain why. Armchair quarterbacks are people that have never played one down of professional football. They've never coached one game of professional football. And yet they know more better than that coach, McCarthy, or that, Pat, that, 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 that uh, quarterback, or that running back, or that assistant coach. They know more. And you sit there and watch the game, and I can't believe he called that play. I can't, I can't believe he called that play. I can't believe he called that play. And yet if that same play would have worked, then he court, Now I'm glad he called that play. Right? It's, it's always if the play doesn't work, then you go, well, why did he call that play? Well, they didn't plan for the play not to work. But we have armchair Christians. And we sit back and we criticize. And we, we put down. And we, we may have all of our opinions. And I can't believe he said that. I don't understand that. What is his theology? And we have all these opinions. And we don't even read the word. You don't even look at the word. You don't even show up for stuff. I was sure, oh, I think I could have done a better job than, than Elder Ed. I mean, I can't believe he said what he said. Well, get out there go talk to him. Say, I need, I need to understand this. I have people say, you know, I, I really wish I knew the word. Then come to Bible study. I don't know how many men we have here, but we have like 15 guys show up on our 17, 18, 20 if it's packed. On Wednesday night, we share the Word together. We have all these classes and people are, yeah, no, I know what, I just want, I, I, got, I got other stuff to do. Armchair Christians. Even if you, if you are an armchair qu- Christian, be a good one. <laughs> I, I've sat with people that I don't like to sit with and watch football games. Anybody, again, I get a witness mark, you know, learn them. My goodness! One time I said, "Just stop talking." I did. If y'all want, if you knew this was, you're like, "You said that to him?" I said, "I said they're doing the best they can out there." He didn't try to fumble. Just be quiet. And they don't even know football. I mean, he's like, "You don't." So, if you're going to be an armchair Christian, be a good one. Say, way to go. Man, I'm, I know that didn't work that time, but I bet it will next time. Be a good armchair quarterback. Good try. You know, I, bet that was a, I bet that if they would have done, you know, man, next time I bet that's going to work. Because they're probably going to learn from that. You know? Can we do that as, a, as believers? Yes. See something, pray something, say something. Don't do nothing. Stand up. What channel are the Cowboys on the radio? So you can get in your car and. I, oh, I got to tell you this. And I know these are all about football. I went to the Ram game last night. Rams won. Woohoo! Come on. Number two in the nation. Beat number 15 in the nation. The other team that hadn't lost a game, but they've lost one now. And I'm standing by a guy, and I know this guy, and he didn't go to our church, so I can say this. I, want, I could say his name, but I'm not going to. He's in. Well, somebody said, how's your day going? Well, so far, so good. I just hope them Longhorns get beat. And I said, he's standing next to a guy that spent a lot of money there, sending my daughter to college. <laughs> he said, yeah, I'm all about them Aggies. I said, well, they're not doing so good, are they? Said, ah, I shouldn't have said that, you know. He said, well, I'll be happy if the Astros he, I wanted to say something. I should have. If I'd have prayed something, I might have said something. But if I prayed something, God would have said, keep your mouth shut, Harold. I wanted to say to him in a very religious way, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. I'm still happy anyway. See, some people, their life, y'all know what I'm talking about. Winning and losing is everything. And no, they don't know you from Adam. The cowboys don't know your name. Nobody in here knows a cowboy personally. Probably if you do, if you don't get their autographs sent to me. But if you don't, you don't know them. They don't know you. They're playing for money. And yet your day, oh my Jesus, I can't wish lost I'm not gonna go on. No Our life, our joy, it's about Jesus. It's just about Jesus. We learned something so profound the other night in our men's Bible study. Joe, is still, he's still like, he's got smoke coming out of his ears. Right? It's about joy. That's, God's put that on my heart for our, for our Christmas series, just joy. Yeah, it's a profound word in the Bible. It's profound. It's not just joy to the It's joy to the world. He wants you to be full of joy. You can't be full of joy if you're criticizing, putting down. Not reaching out and loving people. You just get—you will not have the joy of the Lord. It's impossible. Ministry team, come on up. See, we can't multiply if we're divided. Listen to what Jesus said. It was in the video earlier. John 17, and, and, and we've been stuck on that one too in our Bible study, haven't we had? John 17. It's, it, that's the Lord's Prayer. If you want to know the Lord's Prayer, it's John 17. Uh, the other ones is just the model of prayer. But this is the Lord's prayer. And in John seventeen twenty, this is so, so beautiful. Jesus said, I do not pray for these alone, talking about his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you. That's me. Okay? That they may all be one as you. He's talking to his dad. You, Father, are in me and I am in you. That they, us, may be one in them. And here's the reason. Here's the reason. you got to get this, that the world may believe that you sent me. We, when we walk in unity, when we walk together, the world sees that in the midst of COVID, in the midst of calamity and all that, when the world sees that we're walking together in unity, they're going to start believing. But as soon as division comes in, the world will go, yep, I knew it just like any other organization. We are not an organization, church. We are an organism. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. So pray, let's value your heads in prayer. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, meet the needs of your children today. Whatever they are, salvation, baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit, membership, healing, reconciliation, whatever is needed, Lord. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen.